everybody, and welcome to this edition of the NFNL podcast. Today, we'll speak to Norfolk Park senior men's coach Stephen Saddington following the Cougars' drought-breaking victory on Saturday against McLeod. Plus, I'll have Josh Ward alongside me to review all of the senior men's and women's action across the weekend and preview some very good games to look forward to this weekend. But in the meantime... I have Josh Ward beside me. Josh, great to have you on as always. And a lot of intriguing games um, in the last few days to, to have a look in and stick our teeth into. Definitely is, and great to be here as always, Nick. And yeah, some very interesting, like you said, very interesting results, whether that be in the men's and the, and the women's competition as well and the netballing competition too. So yeah, can't wait to talk about all of them and look ahead to the, and look to the week ahead. Well, let's get stuck straight into it then. We'll head to Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1 and... As I said off the top, we'll speak to Stephen Saddington in a few moments, but we'll quickly talk about Northcote Park's win because it was a monumental win in, in some respects. We, we didn't know how many wins they were going to get this season, how they were going to fare. Um, they were, they were 0-12 and 12 last year before the season got cut short, so didn't get an opportunity to, to get that first win on the board. But their ability to be able to... Have to have grinded a nice winner and hold on, I guess, at the end <laughs> against McLeod. Um, a four-point victory it was in the end, despite the fact that they were up by a few goals at three-quarter time. So um, their ability to grind their way through to a win, it'd be a great confidence booster for everybody involved at the Cougars. Alex Boyce, one of their big recruits coming into the season, kicked five. He was monumental um, as well. Jordan Schroeder was one of the best players as well. Jordan Perry, who came back, has mm. also been very impressive. He, he had a good game as well on Saturday so it all just came together for the Cougars and, and great to see them get that first win on the board yeah and I feel like it's been building up to this first win in the last couple of weeks you know they've gone close against West Preston Lakes side the, against North Heidelberg they were competitive against Montmorency it was a, it was a disappointing loss but yeah it's a, a massive a massive win for them and yeah Alex Boyce he's, he's fine I reckon he's he's finally off the mark this was his first real good game with five goals and yeah, great to see Jordan Schroeder. Schroeder, I think that he came back into the lineup as well and did re- and did really well. So, yeah, the two of their big name signings doing well, and yeah, Jordan Perry. It's good to see good to see him doing well. But yeah, like you said, this will give them a lot of confidence he- heading into for the rest of the season, I reckon, and for the next couple of weeks too. Well, I'll need it against Greensboro when, <laughs> when they come up this week. But um, look, it's a perfect momentum to have coming into a game like that as well. So, great to see the Cougars get. On board, McLeod, a little disappointing for them. They'll, they'll probably looking for a big response following that Good Friday defeat a couple of weeks mm-hmm. back. It hasn't happened quite yet, um, but we know what they're capable of, and we saw it in the first couple of weeks. So they'll probably just need some time to reset, and albeit they were only four points away from the Cougars as well, so not too far away from them. Hurstbridge and Bandura, well, the Bulls really flexed their muscles <laughs> in this one, didn't they? I mean, Hurstbridge were coming off a five-day break, two in a row. Um, they were up and about, and... Unfortunately for them, I think they just ran out of legs in the end. Bandura, um, comfortable 49-point winners. So they were able to, to get the job done as well. Danny Union kicking five as well. We know how creative and magical he can be in that forward line. And he didn't disappoint. Kicked some ripper goals as well in that forward 50 for the Bulls. And um, just continuing to trot along now are Bandura. We've already known they've been a side that um, we know are going to contend in season 2022. And... Pretty much, apart from round one, they haven't disappointed yet. Definitely haven't, and yeah, this is a. This, you didn't mention as well. They didn't have Sam Lloyd and David Zaharakis, right. their best players. Amy Shepard as well, Shepard, which is three, 
a three, I reckon, of their a three of their best players, and yeah, to win comfortably against Tersbridge, who yeah, they're coming off a five day break, but still would have taken. I feel like a lot of momentum after that win out at the show, out at the showgrounds against the Eagles. It's disappointing for them, and disappointing part was they didn't kick a single goal. They kicked ten beh- in the first half. They kicked ten behind. So they kicked ten. They kicked ten goals uh, five in in the second half. Straightened up a little bit, but yeah, it's. It, I feel like they'll be disappointed with this Hurstbridge. They would have wanted to put up a bit of a fight, but um, yeah, full credit to Bundura and Danny Union. What a game from him. He he had to st- he had to step up in the absence of Lloyd and, and Zaharakis, and he did just that. Well, I mean, I guess for Hurstbridge, if they had have kicked straight, you know, it, it could have maybe been a different result. Not necessarily the full-time result, but even more, as you say, Josh, giving a bit of a fight in that one. But overall, I still think the Bridges have something to offer in this division. The last two weeks have shown that. Also for Bandura, I think what was very impressive is we know that they've got such a talented side. We've, we've spoken about their depth before. I mean, you don't have Zaharakis and Lloyd, who, to be honest, have only been in the side for the last couple of years anyway. But mm-hmm. when they don't play, their ability to bring in youngsters and to have an impact as well. They debuted a 16-year-old in, in Nate Caddy um, on Saturday, and, and he ended up kicking um, a goal as well. So, you know, in fact, three goals on debut. So, you know, the ability for the Bulls and their program to come in and, and grab these youngsters, Riley Gaylard, who just turned 18, he came in and played his debut game for the Bulls as well. So, you know, the future's absolutely bright. And if they're already producing players like this at this age, well, they've got a long way to go to the Bulls. And um, they're absolutely going to be one of those premiership contenders throughout the 2022 season. Um, there were a couple of tight games throughout this division as well. Another one was Montmorency and Greensboro. This was a highly anticipated match coming into it as well. The Borough just doing enough to hold on, winning by 13 points in the end. An important win for the Borough, looking to um, continue their great form to start season 2022. They've really responded in a good way following that shock defeat to Whittlesey a fortnight ago. Montmorency probably could have seen this as an opportunity as well. They had less scoring shots, but they still kicked a pretty inaccurate nine goals, 15. Um, Tom Bell was just outstanding. He kicked four... Um, and he was just brilliant. And we know the talent that he brings, not just to the side, but to the whole competition. And he really led the way um, for the borough. And he needed, I reckon he needed a big game because the the Montmorency's midfield, it was it was already strong and it just got stronger with Marcus Lentini coming into the side. And he performed pretty well. T- he performed pretty well too, kicked the two goals. And But yeah, Tom Bell, he he's a Frank Rossbrook medalist for a reason. He just showed his class in the game with the with four goals and yeah Montmorency they'll be yeah they'll be disappointed with this because you know they defeated them last year out at War Memorial Park early on in the year and they def- and they were looking to defeat that would have looked to defeat them here as well but yeah it's um yeah I feel like it might be back to the drawing board but they'll still take a lot out of this game but the bar they just continue to um yeah, just continue to flex their muscles and show that they're definitely going to be up there this year. Well, we've we've seen firsthand how dominant they have been <laughs> in the competition. For Montmorency, though, I mean, to be fair, they've had a pretty tough start to the year. They had Heidelberg a couple of weeks ago, which they were able to just get that point win, one point win across, uh, which was very impressive on their behalf. But they've lost to Bandura, they've lost to Greensboro. I mean, obviously very early, and to win one out of those three tough games I guess is a decent start considering the couple of years previous that the Magpies have had Um, but what will really benefit them now is that they do have a couple of easier fixtures coming up in the next month or so that could really propel them and and not stay behind the eight ball for too long I mean you know right now they're fifth on the ladder and you know if you look at the sides in front of them Bandura, West Preston Lakeside Greensboro and Heidelberg I mean 
they're all very talented sides, absolutely. So, you know, credit to them as well. But, you know, if the Magpies can start banking a couple of wins against these really important sides, the pressure's almost half on them to do that. But I'm pretty sure, well, I'd be um, pretty surprised if they didn't bank those wins considering the team they have. But it just doesn't, just means that they don't stick behind the eight ball for too long as well. So pretty impressive from um, Greensboro. And I'm sure I'm looking forward to seeing how Montmorency fare in the next couple of weeks. I mean, they've got Hurstbridge coming up. So that should be a pretty interesting game, I think. Um, And then we've had West Preston Lakeside and North Heidelberg out at Shelley Street. A two-point win to the Roosters and they've sort of just been grinding these wins in the last couple of weeks to Roosters they haven't been as convincing as they probably would have liked to be but in the end they're still getting the results so I mean you know you've got to give credit where credit's due again you know another case of North Heidelberg having a heap more shots they finished with 21 scoring shots to West Preston Lakeside's 13 but 10 goals 3 for West Preston Lakeside was enough without Armoured Sard as well in that forward line so they were already coming into it with a bit of a um with a bit of an interesting interesting prospect up front, but enough for the reigning premiers to get the job done. That's very that's very good accuracy in front of goal and that wins your games. Kicking the kicking score lines like that, ten goals three and yeah North Heidelberg again will be disappointed because it's pretty impressive putting up a fight against the reigning premiers. So they haven't really been all the, all that good the last couple of weeks following that first round win which we saw against Bundura, but yeah, it's um, it's a really impressive win. Aiden Tilly, he kicked the five, he kicked the five goals. Impressive. He's had a pretty impressive start. He took a to really big mark as well in that game as well. So keep an eye out for that one <laughs> on the plays of the week. But I'll keep a close eye. Definitely will. But yeah, it's um, I think yeah, accuracy that was the major point of difference, and yeah, it, it's um. It helped West Preston Lakeside, but yeah, like you said, they keep grinding these wins. They'll um, and yeah, they'll ta- they'll definitely take them. And yeah, that like you said, they're still up there and still a very talented side. Absolutely, they are. So, you know, the Bulldogs big game coming up at Heidelberg, which we'll talk about later on in the program. So, interesting to see a, a tough couple of weeks, a tough couple, a tough couple <laughs> of weeks for the Bulldogs. So, you know, the fact that they're staying competitive is one thing, but. In, in order for them to try and really compete for that final spot, they'll probably have to start finding ways to win those. Brent Harvey came back as well for the Bulldogs, so um, that at least was a positive for them yeah. last week, and they'll be hoping they can get a few games out of him this year um, and when he's not with North Melbourne. And then I guess the other game of the round was Whittlesey and Heidelberg, and, well, I mean, I guess a similar story to Hurstbridge. Whittlesey coming off a five-day break, coming off a loss instead, though, and... The Tigers, well, they were just too good in the end. 142-point winners over the Eagles away from home. They were, they were pretty much just dominant right from the first bounce. And the Eagles, unfortunately for them, were no match. And Heidelberg, <laughs> you wanted a response after their one-point defeat last week. Well, they've done it in a big way. And Danny Nolan's side, well, they just continue to show that. They're definitely not out of the fight this early in the season. Yeah, that's that's a really impressive win. You know, I would have thought... I would have thought it'd be a bit tighter, you know, yet Whittlesey were coming off that five-day break. But, you know, I expected them to put up a bit of a, a fight. They had lost a couple. I think Jared Waite was missing from that game. Zach Malloy as yeah, well. Yeah, um, a few COVID issues for some of them. Zach Malloy played Collingwood VFL, though, yeah. so it was good to see him out there for the Magpies. But, yeah, a couple of personnel not quite there for the Eagles, which which probably means, you know, they don't, they don't get up. But um, at the same time, it... it for Heidelberg, I mean, I think they had 14 individual goal kickers for their 24 goals. 
which was yeah. just outstanding. That's impressive. And, yeah, leading the way was Josh Minow. He, uh, he evidently loves playing at the showgrounds. He's kicked 10 goals in his last two games there. And, yeah, that's what really started him last year, I reckon, Josh Minow, kicking, the, kicking that bag against Middlesea. And I think... He's gonna he's gonna start to hit his straps very soon, but yeah, it's very impressive having fourteen different go- fourteen different goal kickers, uh, four kick three or more goals as well, which is even more imp- which is even more impressive. So yeah, very handy spread of spread of goal kickers, and yeah, it's a it's a massive percentage booster for Heidelberg, which I feel like they might need if the, um if it goes down to later on in the season and they're potentially uh, fighting for that final final spot. Well, the top of the ladder right now with that percentage boost as well. So we know that it's going to be a very even competition between those four or five sides that currently make up the top five positions on the Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1 ladder. And we, you're absolutely right, Josh. I mean, it's so important to bank these wins early. And, and even though you might not think of it as, as pivotal right now, um, the ability to get those wins against those talented sides um, that are right next to you in the ladder proceedings... Um, are going to prove pretty vital towards the end of the year. So a lot to look out for in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. But as we said off the top, we've got the senior men's coach of the Northcote Park Football Club in Stephen Saddington to join us after their win over McLeod. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior men's coach of the Northcote Park Football Club, Stephen Saddington, following their big win over McLeod over the weekend. Stephen, thanks so much for coming on and having a chat. No worries, guys. Thanks for that. Must be a pretty good feeling to get that first win of the year, off the, pretty much the monkey off the back so early in the campaign. We know, you know, the Cougars struggled last year getting that win on the board in the shortened season, but, but to come away and after a great week last week against West Preston Lakeside to come and, and have a good win over McLeod, um, vibes must be pretty high over there at Northcote Park. Yeah, it was good. Look, we'd, uh, we thought we'd been competitive even uh, rounds one and two against Mont and North. Um, we thought we were pretty competitive and just, um, yeah, and last week was really good against West Preston. We thought we shot ourselves a foot a little bit, so we've been tracking in the right direction for a while. Um, we spoke during the week about it was a, you know with the season the way it was shaping up with with a few results that we could have sort of been two games behind the pack at one stage we might have thought um, so it was a really big game but yeah to get some reward for effort was awesome and yeah we the boys enjoyed it it's been a while since they sung the song so it was good I'm sure I'm sure it would have been tell me about I guess you spoke about it a little bit then in terms of the lead up to that McLeod game. We know how competitive the the Division One competition is and and how vital those wins are in the early stages of the campaign. McLeod were coming off a pretty heavy defeat um, in their Good Friday game against Greensborough. How much of an opportunity did you sense this to be coming into that game and, and what was the messaging to your group throughout the week to ensure that the heads were level um, and coming into that game against the Roos? Yeah, look, we... Um it's funny, maybe because I'm just a coach and I think most of them are eternal optimists. You think you're going to win every week, so that's probably where I've got to, I've got to learn a temper occasionally. But, um, look, we thought we played really well against West. Um, the hard bit has been when you, when you, I think when you're one of the bottom sides and you're trying to get that win and get some momentum going, you know, every little sort of mistake you make, good sides make you pay, and that's what West Preston probably did. Um, so the, the feeling was all during a week, as, as much as we built the game up, it was just, you know what, well, if we just stick to what we're doing, we're actually playing some pretty good footy. Um, you know, even the way we've been, we've been kicking big scores, but we've been able to hold the sides, you know, defensively not too bad. Um, you know, it's just about getting some reward for effort. And if we, you know, stuck to the plan, we might be able to get away with it. And yeah, and, and like I said, 
from day one, I've always said if we're the worst side, we felt like we had improved enough that the comp was going to be so even. Uh, and it's shown to be that way so far. Steve, uh, a couple of your new, a couple of the new boys that have come across, you know, Alex Boyce, he kicked five goals. Jordan Schroeder, Jordan Perry, Tom Hallibone, Matt, Matt, Matt Giangelo, they played big roles, um, and they've played big roles so far this season. Have you been impressed with their output so far? Yeah, oh, look, they're all, um, you know, they've all been super when they've come across. Um, when we spoke to them, we you know we've had all connections with all of them, sort of through someone else. Someone's already known someone, or you know, one of the assistant coaches knew a few of the guys from Duda Stars. Um, obviously Jordan coming back and Lucas Perry. You know, obviously that Northcote part, you know, through and through. Um, and who else was there again? I'm just trying to make it D'Angelo again. So all, all the guys that we've brought across on and Hallibone, they've known someone. So the first thing is they're all good people. Like we'd all dealt with them before. Um, but and then coming across, they've just been wanting to win like everyone else and, and bought in, um, you know, as much as anyone. Matty D'Angelo, he runs the Thursday nights already. You know, he's new to the club and he runs the wheel and all the fines. And, um, you know, there's a really good vibe around the place. Um, and as I said, we just need to get a bit of reward, which we did. And, and these next couple of weeks as well, you know, you've got Greensboro out at War Memorial Park and, and her, I believe Hurstbridge and Bundura as well. Does this win give you, give you guys confidence heading into these next couple of games? Yeah, no, a win, a win. It's amazing what a win does. I said, look, McLeod, I think we were about 20 points up with five minutes to go and probably panicked a little bit. And McLeod kept putting the, you know, kept putting pressure on us. And as I said, when you haven't won for a while, you keep making a few mistakes. But, you know, just by getting that win, um, just, I think, you know, once you can, that feeling that you get sort of sinks in a little bit and you hope that you get more of it, I guess. That's what we're hoping for. But look, um, yeah, you never know. Just going to be a bit of, bit of rain around on the weekend and, um, yeah, every game, I think you just got to put yourself in with a chance and see what happens. Stephen, you obviously, you came into the Cougars system as a coach at the end of the 2020 season. We know that, that last year's campaign got cut short, unfortunately. Now that there's been a few weeks into this season and, you know, I guess you've, you've absolutely would have seen some improvement across the board, but what's been some of the changes you've seen from a coach's point of view from last year compared to what you're seeing now from this tide? Is it is it the recruits that have come in that have made a difference? Has it been some other players that have maybe stood up or have impressed you a bit more than you thought? What, what's been some of the key changes you've felt in the last six months that's leading you to an op, uh, a, a good chance here to, to get a few wins on the board throughout the year? Yeah. Um, look, they're a good group of kids that just, you know, our, our core group now, besides probably Benny McNeese, and Schroeder, they're all sort of 26 and, and younger, you know what I mean? So they've all decided that they had enough. They'd had enough of getting beaten. The training over pre-season was, was exceptional. Like, well, you know, we set some pretty high standards this year. And even back when I was playing all those days ago when we had the, the really good sides, they yeah, probably didn't have great numbers, you know, through the summer period. It was just good. You know, they were good enough sides back then to sort of get through. But the boys decided that they were, this was going to be a really big year. It's been really driven by... Blokes like oh, the new captain, Matty Perry, um, Jack Sammartino, you know, Reed Jepson, they're just super fit guys that just sort of push their run to the next level. And, that, yeah, as I said, it's just been week by week. You know, numbers are really good every night. They're really driven by themselves to, to get better. Um, and that's been, the, that's been the real big improvement. Does that impress you considering the fact that we had no 2020 campaign, the 2021 season gets cut short, I guess maybe the motivation in some cases, is it there as much? You think, oh, no, is this going to be another season that gets cut short and we don't get to play a full year? That would have impressed you heaps considering the summer you guys had, having everyone come down in big numbers and, and, and train yeah. the way they did. 
Yeah, I think it is. I think, as I said, being, um, it's hard to say now. I'm, I keep saying a bit, being a bit older, like back in our day, it was all the footy or cricket. You know, you didn't really do other things. So with this break of COVID and this, you know, boys are starting to go back overseas again and, and do other things. You, you're not sure how you're going to go, but I think they're a pretty close group um, as a whole. And they've just yeah, committed to getting the club out of the doldrums. You know, we haven't been... You know, since 94, we haven't been in Division 2. I can't remember the last time we were sort of in this area at the bottom of the ladder as a club. So from the president down, everyone's decided, you know, it's sort of head down, bum up sort of thing and just go, how do we fix this? And it's been really good as a whole. You, you spoke earlier about this game coming up against Greensboro. What do you want to see from your team? Obviously, they're a very talented opposition that you're coming up against. We know how strong they've been in the division is it just a simple case of having a four-quarter effort coming into this week? Or what, what are you looking for most from this team, uh, from your um, squad? Yeah, well, I watched, I watched their game last night, actually. I, I, one thing that stands out for me, they're all, I know Tommy Bell is obviously, he, he's huge and looks like he's a ruckman when he's standing in the middle, but they're all they're all solid boys. There's no sort of, you know, doesn't look like there's any real small forward pocketers or, or in that. They're all sort of, you know, really mature bodies. Um but yeah, I think it's just that's the best thing about this comp now is you don't get any easy games, and when you're trying to win, you just got to try and play your best footy. And as I say, we think when we play our best footy, it's competitive. Whether we can sustain it against the really good sides for four quarters, we don't know yet. But as I said, the eternal optimist. I go in thinking we can win, and we'll find out. Just one final one. You speak about that optimism, and I guess you've spoken throughout this interview, particularly about how you feel like your best does stack up against some of those more quality sides in the competition. Has the expectation for the year always been to, to try and find a way to sustain that effort throughout four quarters each week? Is it is it more that you feel you can really challenge, especially some of those maybe mid-table sides throughout the competition? What what motivation and expectation is driving you throughout the year and, and what do you feel like you can get out of this Northcote Park side? Um... Yeah, well, I think the main one, again, without... The first goal is to get enough wins to stay up. Like yeah. I said, we probably don't... But we, luckily, with, you know, saying that with the COVID situation, you know, we, we just didn't get a chance to play enough games last year. And probably, you know, in hindsight, luckily, we got to stay up, which was great. And we sort of got a bit of a free shot at it. Um, so the goal was to stay up. Um, once we get that done, then who knows? Like I said, um, there's four sides, I think, that are one and four at the moment. You know, no one's undefeated. Um it's just a great comp to be involved in and you just got to take your chances when they come around. Stephen, thank you so much for coming on and having a chat and congratulations again with the win on the weekend. All the best for what lies ahead for you in season 2022. Thanks, boys. Thanks for that. That was Northcote Park senior men's coach Stephen Saddington following Northcote Park's big win over McLeod. Their drought-breaking win was really great to get a bit of an insight into what's going on there with the Cougars and hopefully for their sake they'll be able to get a few more wins on the board but in the meantime we'll swing across now to MC Labor Division 2 and I guess no real close results but some pretty important ones for some of these teams and I guess we'll begin with the game of the round in that one which was no doubt Banyu and Lower Plenty the Battle of the Bears a lot of anticipation we, we sort of previewed this as a grand final preview for this division and well Lower Plenty they've really reaffirmed themselves as the team to beat in this competition. A 31-point win, which absolutely could have been a lot more had they kicked straight. 11-21 
They kicked to Baniel's 8 8 56. They were just dominant from all fronts. Their midfield was superb again. We saw Josh Turner a couple of weeks ago. Well, he didn't miss a beat again. His ability to win clearances is just brilliant. We know what the Barden boys can do at each end of the ground, particularly Darcy Barden, who did a good job on Jack Langford as well throughout the afternoon. So, you know, Lower Plenty's ability to just have so much talent across all areas of the ground you know, it just continues to amaze me and I'm, I'm sure amaze Neutrals fans as well. But I think it's fair to say, even though we're only four rounds in, it, Lower Plenty are the team to beat. Yeah, they definitely are. And I, I did speak with Phil Plunkett after the result. He was very happy. You know, he wanted them to, to get that fast start and they got a bit of a fast start, you know, two goals, 18 points to to one behind in the first term. Mind you, they kicked two goals, six. But yeah, um, it was also happy with their spread of goal kickers. You know, Billy Barden only kicked one on the day, but they uh, it was a lot better from, well, from their previous week against El- against Eltham. But yeah, he was very happy with that. I'm very happy to get the win. He was impressed with, you know, how quickly Banyol moved the, moved the ball moved the ball from from defence to attack. He said that was an area they might, they'll look to focus on nullifying the next time they faced, they faced Banyol. But yeah, he's, um, he was a very happy man after that victory and I can understand it's against Banyol. It's always a tough opponent to face, especially out of Beverly Road Oval and to win that comfortably as well, definitely reaffirms them as the, as the benchmark and the premiership favourites now. Thomas Blake was also another one that was super impressive. Had a yeah. good battle against Tim Martin and, and was probably best on ground as well. Again, giving his midfielders first access to the ball in the midfield which probably explains how they were able to win those clearances so easily so lower plenty just continuing they've they've really you know helped uh, change things up after that first round loss to Watsonia which mm. looking back now is even more of a surprise now considering how well the Bears have gone after that game but yeah as we said lower plenty no doubt have to be the, the favourites now for the rest of the competition you know, Banyol, they still had a nice start to the year and they still had some good wins as well to kick off season 2022. That Thomastown win, of course, was, was an important one too. But, you know, now to be 3-1, and one, I guess having the same record as Lower Plenty is still not too bad this early into the season, but they'll be weary of them next time they face each other. I feel like that's going to be an absolutely brilliant yeah. battle when they come back because, you know, Banyol won't lie down for too long and... Um, that'll be one to look forward to as well. Over at Binak Park, well, Altham responded as well in a big way as well. Mm-hmm. A comfortable victory over Watsonia, who, which we knew coming into this was interesting because both sides were 2-1. and one. Um, And Watsonia were coming in with some good form as well. But Altham pretty much just too strong in the end. A huge winner, 76 points was the final margin as well. And, well, the Panthers, we know that they're capable, even though they might slightly be behind those two bears. Um, they can still be a side that, that will challenge a lot of others in season 2022. It definitely will. And, yeah, that's a really good way to bounce back after. You know, it was a very disappointing loss, um, I reckon, the previous weekend against Lowell Plenty. But, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I thought this was a danger game for the Panthers because, you know, Watsonia, they'd gone the t- two wins, two, they started 2-1 and one as well and had already surprised a big, uh, big opponent. But, yeah, it's a very comfortable win. For the Panthers, Daniel Owen. It, it, it's not every day you see someone kick eight goals. Let alone, yeah. let alone. I, I think he's like more like a small foot, a small forward midfield type, and he just absolutely dominated the Saints on the day. That's an impressive. That's an impressive performance from well, him. Well, the conditions probably suited him. We know that it was a bit wet underfoot, bit of mud mm-hmm. around after some heavy rain on Friday night, and and being a small forward, we saw his craft last week again as well against Lower Plenty. So we yeah. know he's capable. Um, but yeah, very impressive for him to kick eight for the afternoon. 
Diamond Creek, way too strong for Epping, who didn't register a goal. They kicked six behinds to finish today. Diamond Creek, 127, was their final result. And, and just trying to keep up with those other teams in the competition. And, well, the only way you can do that at this stage is, is to beat those teams below. And so far, you have to say that they're doing that with ease right now. And it sets up a very big game for them this week against St. Mary's, which absolutely I'm looking forward to. The Borough themselves... They defeated Panton Hill by 19 points, a straight three-goal win for them. So with those two wins in mind, St. Mary's are third on the table to have a nice percentage. They're 3-1. Diamond Creek, they're 2-2, two and two, but they're not that far behind the other sides in the competition at this stage. Um, very interesting game because the Borough, on the same points as, as Lower Eltham and Banyul, is a surprise to see after four games to start off with. But yeah. at the same time, we knew last year that they were capable of this and show... So far, they're showing their colours. We'll preview the, the Diamond Creek St. Mary's game a little later on the program, but uh, what what are you making of, of the Creekers' start to the season so far? They're 2-2, two and two, and then, of course, St. Mary's 3-1, responding well after their round one defeat. The Creekers are doing a little bit better than I expected. You know, they'd lost the, they'd lost the couple, namely their uh, Ollie, Ollie Parks to Penn Hill, but, yeah, they've done... Really well, you know this this year so far, and it's an it's an impressive win against the well against the weaker Epping side, and they needed to you know I feel like it was a, a handy result like Heidelberg's to get that percentage booster and yeah to keep up with with those top sides. I feel like they're doing really well because their two losses as well have come against um have come against Banyol and Eltham, two sides that have shown they'll be up there this year, and they've also and yeah, they're, one of their wins as well has come against the Thomastown, which we expected to be mm-hmm. one of the better sides, and yeah, the Bar as well. They've impressed. They've impressed me too. You, you know, they. It was a disappointing first week. First week. Um, first week result against Banyol, which well, it came as a bit of a shock. I knew Banyol would do well, but I wasn't expecting that lopsided of a result. But yeah, they've. They've bounced back really well. I was expecting a five from Penn Hill because I, I feel like they can improve this year. And they did put up a fight, but yeah, it's um, a, a really good win. And yeah, it's going to be an enticing ju- a duel out of Watmo Park this weekend. And then you mentioned Thomastown. They defeated the Fitzroy Stars by 103 points um, in their fixture uh, earlier in the week. So a couple of big wins now for Thomastown. Epping first in Good Friday and now this one against the Fitzroy Stars. See them back in the pack as well. But the mm. question will be asked about whether they can stand up against those sides that are similar to them. There's these wins as well. But a big test for them against the whole plenty next week. And then we'll head to Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 because there were some very interesting results to look at throughout that mm. competition. And we were very fortunate to head over to Eltham College for the match of the day. A brilliant victory for the Turtles. Very, very vital for them for the rest of the campaign, especially for their finals hopes. They got up in the end. They kicked 5-15, so, you know, yeah. it wasn't exactly accurate, and they probably could have won the game if it was a, um, if they had a kick straight. But at the same time, um, the their ability to keep Lorimer scoreless in the last term was probably the best part of that win. They go and kick two goals themselves, and they hold on, and... You know, it was an electric atmosphere over there at Eltham yeah. College and really great to see the whole community get around these turtle sides who have had their struggles in the VAFA. Yeah, and I'm amazed old Eltham fans' hearts are still beating after the, after these past two weeks. You know, a one-point <laughs> victory over, over Heidelberg West and then this a really impressive victory against, I feel like, a much stronger Lorimer side. You know, 
when I when I was listening to Matt Sleeman at three quarter time, he said they knew they could come back because the pressure was on Lorimer, who were a young side, and he felt like that Lorimer could have cr- could have potentially crumbled under the pressure, and it seemed like they did. You know, they were and they've got and they've got South Morang. They're going to take a lot of confidence into that South Morang game, uh, being five and one, and yeah, they'll it's it's terrific to see them doing so so well to to start this season. It's absolutely brilliant, no doubt, because you know. Coming into this game, it was sort of the old heads against the young heads. Lorimer boasted such a young side. And, and we know that Turtles brought in some experience as well. Tom Rogers, uh, Matthew Keyes as well, just to name a couple. And they, they stood up and delivered, particularly Keyes in that last term moving into the midfield proved there's a big difference. So um, they're working really well down there at Eltham College. And I, I think if they do get to that South Marine game at 5-1, and one, it's probably their best chance to beat them. And you feel like even if they do lose that one and it's still a good showing um, that they're definitely a finals team if that's the case and I know that's early to say right now but you can't you make a good argument for them playing finals this early but uh, the other game of intrigue in that division against two finals hopefuls as well was between Kilmore and Heidelberg West and well the Blues did get up by 11 points and could have won against a side that's, that wants to secure a top three spot in Kilmore Heidelberg West finished with five goals 13 they have four more scoring shots than the Blues, but they go down and, you know, probably thanks to Scott Swindles as well, who comes back into that Blues team and kicks four. Um, you know, Bailey Taylor Egan as well is another one that's been super impressive already for Kilmore. He goes and kicks three. And, 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 for, and for, for Kilmore, having three individual goal kickers in an eight-goal performance is enough for them to get the win. So they probably get away with that one in a sense, but the Hawks, well... They're going to have to find a way to, to, to grind out a couple of those wins because two losses against sides around them in the last fortnight probably doesn't make for great showing for them at this stage. No, it doesn't. And yeah, that's it's disappointing when you when you're kicking that accurately. You, you'd expect you'd want to be putting up a better better score a better score line than five goals thirteen and. Yeah, if they if it was thirteen five, we would have been talking about how Heidelberg West comfortably defeated a a, a real a, a Kilmore side that were expected to do well this season, only conceded the nine points, but it wasn't enough. It's it's disappointing for Heidelberg West, yeah, and I think it's back to the drawing board for the Hawks. Well, they'll they'll have to reset as well because, like we said, you know, those are the types of wins you sort of need. They're still looking for that that first finals appearance. And I know they've lost a couple of personnel as well, so they're probably just looking to rebuild. The other two results, again, pretty expected. South Morang keeping Reservoir pretty much scoreless. 31-19-205 defeating Reservoir. Um, no score. So, you know, South Morang with a big couple of wings as we wins as we expected. But big game now for them against Kilmore. They'll, they'll definitely not be going into that one, um, you know, I guess lacking confidence as well, but yeah. but I guess also in the sense they won't want to try and take it easy against um, a side like Kilmore who, who are coming off a, an okay win as well against Heidelberg West. And then Mernda got their first win of the season as well. They defeated Laylor away from home by 130 points, ended up kicking 21-24. So again, I guess you could say it probably could have been a bit more as well, which you know is interesting to say. But you know the Demons needed that one. They had no Josh Mazzarella as well coming mm. into it. So they were, they were already down a guy that can play both in the defence and the forward line but uh, Mernda doing enough to get that win very important yeah it's very handy for them they they needed I feel like that confidence booster because yeah they've been disappointing to start the season and yeah it's against a Laylaw Laylo side who we expect to struggle this this year especially given they'd lost against they'd lost against um, they'd lost against 
you know, Reservoir earlier on. But, yeah, it's um, a very handy win. And on South Morang as well, that's now 484 points these last two weeks mm. and seventy and 73 goals kicked. You know, it, yes, it's against two of the strugglers, but you do not see that every you do not see that every year, and that is just super impressive. And yeah, it just it, they they wanted to show you know that they that they deserve to be you know the team to beat a division two side, and yeah, those two those two last wins have have proven that, and their start to the season has proven that as well. We'll take a quick break on the NFNL podcast. Plenty more right after this. At La Trobe University, you'll learn lessons that last your entire professional life. You'll be inspired by thought leaders, change makers, and brilliant minds. Teachers who are mentors too. Learn from experts, then become one. Learn the rules, then how to remake them. Discover your path to success and find your dream course at latrobe.edu.au. La Trobe University, all kinds of clever. You're listening to the NFNL podcast. We'll head straight to the final round of the NFNL women's grading competition. We had some great results, some good matchups as well throughout all the games on Sunday and some interesting results to talk about, no doubt as well. I guess the game that a lot of spectators would have been looking forward to is the, the historic rivalry that took place at Plenty Park Oval between Diamond Creek Women's 1 and Darabin 1 and it was the Creekers that got up by 42 points and well that's their 14th win in a row in the women's competition their last loss coming all the way back in the 2019 Division 1 Grand Final when they were defeated by the VU Western Spurs but that side is it, it's just brilliant they continue to impress week after week you know they were the minor premiers last year in the shortened season, but they're flexing their muscles against, you know, these other talented sides in the competition. Darabin won were coming into that game 3-0 and as well, so there was a lot of intrigue coming into it, but the Kriegers just look a class above their own. Like, they're, in, they're dominating at the moment, absolutely. It's unbelievable what they've been able to do these, these last couple of years. They're they are they are definitely the benchmark of of yeah of the women's of the women's competition and yeah it's a, a super impressive win now to Plenty Park Oval you know I was expecting a bit more of a closer affair it was a it was a massive second quarter where they well they well they piled on thirty four points to mm. only the six so it, that's even that's really really impressive it was a tight contest outside from that but. Yeah, just they just flexed their muscles there, did the Creekers, and yeah, they're they're going to be a really hard start to beat this year. Diamond Creek Women's one, and most evidently in Division One as well. Absolutely, they will be, but there'll be a lot of intrigue, and I know there'll be a lot of sides in that division when they eventually are announced. That will definitely challenge them throughout the season. So, you know, the Creekers are the team to beat, but there's a lot of people that are up, a lot of teams rather that are up for the fight, no doubt. Their second side's also won. They defeated. West Preston Lakeside 2 by a margin of 18 points. So a nice double win there for the Creekers as well. (laughs) Important for them. We know that they've been such a quality women's club in the last few years, especially since they've joined the NFNL women's competition. And, well, you know, we we know that they've got depth across the board and that they're two sides, both some, some very impressive names, absolutely. So, you know, an important win for Diamond Creek's sorry Diamond Creek women's too and even though I say that you know they had such a great you know team around them and a club it was actually the second side's first win of the season so important for them to have got that job done as well um, to kickstart their 2022 campaign Hurstbridge a tight contest but 
they do enough to defeat Darabin too by three points. A nice win as well there for the Bridges, Josh. A very nice win, and yeah, much needed. I feel I don't think they've started this season off all too well, but yeah, it's um, it's a very handy win against the Darabin Darabin two side that have had their struggles, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it was tight, but. They'll, t- they'll still take the win, will the Bridges? And yeah, it'll give them confidence heading into the first round of, well, first, fifth round of action, but the first round mm. of divi- divisional action this weekend. Melissa Martini's been superb for the Bridges. She kicked another three goals on Sunday. She has been so dominant up forward for the Bridges, and, and she's going to be someone they'll absolutely go through each week to, sh- to ensure that those goals continue to come for the Bridges. and. They did well to actually hold on in, in that game. They were 14 points up at three-quarter time with Hurstbridge, and Darabin, too, came back strong. But they were able to kick one important goal in the last term, and that was enough to see them over the line. Another close game as well uh, over at Greensboro Park. VU Western Spurs, huge comeback from them to win by five points over St. Mary's. Tried by 12 points in, at quarter time, 16 at half time, and eight at three-quarter time. And it just seemed as though the Borough were going to be able to hold on throughout all of those games but uh, all of those quarters but three goals to one in the final term they ended up getting up by five points and um, a very very big win there for VU Western Spurs they celebrated hard after that one yeah I would have thought they would but yeah it's a, a very very handy win as well for them it's good to see them get up and about get up and get up and about get that victory over it well a pretty small ground in Greensboro Park so yeah it's um yeah, it, this will give them also give them confidence heading into heading into ne- this coming week. Montmorency one continue their Anzac Day form. They comfortably defeated Greensboro by thirty points. That's their third consecutive win now in the grading competition. So expect them maybe to be a Division One side. You would feel to the rest of the twenty twenty two season. They kept the Borough goalless as well, kicking five of their own. So the Magpies doing good things as well. West Preston Lakeside won. Well, they needed to respond, and they did. They returned to winning ways. And a very good win as well against an undefeated Banyul side. We spoke to Dan Dan Sheen last week and the confidence that the Bears had. Well, they might have been brought back down to earth just a touch. The Roosters winning that one by 68 points. Um, Very, very impressive. All four quarters were superb. Ashley Snow and Talia Pulcino were some of the better players for the Roosters. 68 points. They keep Banyul to just two behinds, and well, that's a big statement there from the Roosters. That's a massive statement there. You know, I was expecting yeah, much more of a five from Daniel because as you said, they were unbeaten up until that point. And West Preston Lakeside, they'd been they'd been doing pretty well to start the, se- to start the season. Well, West Preston Lakeside one had been doing pretty well, but yeah, this is a massive, massive win, a massive confidence booster. And yeah, it, it, impressive to keep them to only two to only two points as well out out on their home deck, but they'll be they'll be very happy with that. Will will the Roosters? Whittlesea continue to turn heads as well. They moved to three and one as well. They had a a nice win on Sunday against Hurstbridge last week. They've gone on to defeat Montmorency two by six points. They kept Montmorency goalless. Uh, sorry, rather scoreless at quarter time, and then. The Magpies applied the pressure pretty much for the rest of the game, and, and the Eagles did pretty well to hold on. A six-point win for them. Luca Kennedy's continuing her brilliant start to the 2022 campaign was one of the best as well for the Whittlesea side. Three and one there. They're absolutely having a few eyes peeled onto them now. They've had a nice start to the year. Have Whittlesea, and then Lower Plenty Bandura. They ended their two-game losing streak. They, they had a very impressive victory over the Fitzroy Stars, another side who were 3-0 and coming in to this campaign. The, the combined side, they, they pretty much led all comers right from the first bounce. They kept the star scoreless until after half time 
and then had a nice 35-point win to finish off proceedings. A nice win for Lower Plenty Bandura just to get their season back on track a little. It does. It is a really good win, and yeah, they'd, they'd gone. They were comfortably defeated the first couple of first couple of weeks, but yeah, it's um they'll they'll take a lot of confidence out of this game. You know, Antoinette Parisi, she's been a terrific servant for, for Bandura and now Lower Plenty Bandura. She continued on her good form. Molly McCormack, she mm. just continues to do, do what she does best. But yeah, Fitzroy Stars, I, I think they'll be also a little bit disappointed because yeah, it also come into this game unbeaten, but it also might show where they are that it looks like they'll be set for a Division 2 this year. Lorimer got their first win of the 2022 season. They defeated Heidelberg 2 by 35 points and it was a game they pretty much had sewn up right from the first quarter um, they kicked 7 goals 13 as well so it absolutely could have been a lot more Holly Pitts kicking 3 for the power which is very impressive for them and a nice way to cap uh, to begin uh, sorry rather to kick off their 2022 season with uh, with a win after three first uh, first three losses Altham won back-to-back wins as well they defeated Wallen by 52 points and for the second consecutive week the Panthers only allowed their opposition to score one behind, and they piled on seven goals as well. So that's happened twice in a row now for the Panthers, and they're just continuing to show a bit more as well each week. We know that Altham are very capable at this level, and they continue to do that again this year. And then the final game of the round, well, there was a lot of intrigue coming into this one. Heidelberg won, coming off a poor Anzac Day defeat to Montmorency against an undefeated Mernda side who... We know have been strong in the Division Three competition, but albeit a 3-0 start for them, they were looking very good. But the Tigers never looked back from the opening bounce. They dominated a 51-point win to Mernda. They, they kept the Demons to just one goal. And Emily DeSando has been brilliant for the Tigers so far this year. She has been dominating uh, for all comers there at, at Holderberg 1. So um, an important win for the Tigers to bounce back after their loss last week. But yeah... Great, great statement for Hardwick. It's a very great, it's a very massive statement from them, you know, because, yeah, Mernda, they'd also, yeah, it's another case of an un- unbeaten team getting, hitting reality once more in the women's competition. But, yeah, it's a great confidence booster, a great confidence booster for them. And disappointing for Mernda, you know, Grace Grace Papagiannis, she kicked three, she kicked three goals. Uh, that was she. That was her first big bag of the year, and mm. yeah, it's a great performance from her. Named best on as well, so a really good performance from her. And yeah, it's um this again. It'll give them confidence for the start for the start of the divisional season. And uh, yeah, it's a, a very handy win out at Warringal at Warringal Park. It absolutely is. So a lot of res- good results there in the women's competition. Of course, we'll have probably by the time this comes out as well the. Full fixtures for the other uh, for the three divisions we've got in the F- NFNL women's competition. So excited to see where these teams get graded as well, and I'm sure it's going to make for a lot of good competition throughout the 2022 season as well. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Of course, the third round of the um, NFNL winter netball season fixture has just been released as well. So um, some some continued opportunities for all of those sides to, to register some wins throughout their campaign before they get split into different sections. We just had an article as well come up about St. Mary's getting their first win of the year against Hazel Glen 1. That was a, a pretty tight game, so be sure to head to the NFNL website to read up on that one and get your fixture and results for all the Nepal winter competition. Before we wrap up, 
this edition of the NFL podcast. We've got some great games to look forward to in the senior men's competition this weekend. Josh, is there one or two games that stand out to you as ones you're looking forward to? There's one, the one out of Watmo Park between St. Mary's and mm. Diamond Creek. That'll be a very interesting one because, you know, both sides have have started the, the season off pretty well and will be looking to, um, yeah, they'll be looking to... To show to show where they are, if with Diamond Creek win, they'll be in the exact same position as St Mary's three and two. If St Mary's win, they'll start four and one, and they'll be they'll be flying, and it 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 will give them a lot a lot of confidence as well, knowing that they can take it up to one of the competitors. Because yeah, the last time they defeated them, they they faced a a top side in Banyol. They they got um, comfortably defeated out there. Um, in division in Meadows Melbourne Greyhounds Division One, Heidelberg and North Heidelberg. Mm. It's hard to go past that. The Heidelberg Derby. That'll be there'll be a lot of fire. There'll be a lot of fire in the valleys. Well, it's a game where both sides. It doesn't really matter where they sit on the ladder. I mean, we know yeah. that the Bulldogs can challenge. We saw what they did as well to West Preston Lakeside, nearly pulling off a, a big win there. And and Heidelberg. Well, they've had a nice start to the year, but you know. It all gets thrown out the window yeah. pretty much in rivalries like that, Josh. It definitely does. And, yeah, I'm expecting another close one out there for at Warringal Park. And, yeah, it's going to be a great... And South Moraine Kilmore as well yeah. out at Mill Park Lakes. That will be a really good ma- really good matchup. Potentially co- a close one. Yeah, South Moraine, they won't go into this expecting to get the win. They'll need to be... They'll definitely need to be on their A game against the Kilmore side who have started off the season pretty well, 3-1. And, and, yeah, they'll be looking to pull off a major upset here. I'm also looking at Lorimer's response because they've got Heidelberg West, mm. both sides coming off defeats. Heidelberg West in particular, two games that, that they probably shouldn't have lost in the end. Um, they'll they'll have a lot of fire in the belly. They'll really be looking to get that win just to just to keep their season going. They really don't want to fall any further behind the April as well. And then, of course, <laughs> Lorimer's response to their loss. Well, they want to keep in touch with South Morang for that first spot and they're going to have to get back on track pretty quickly to do that. We've just seen how well the Lions can perform. So a lot of intrigue throughout all the senior men's matches this weekend, of course, for all the latest news and updates and fixtures for all our NFNL competitions, be sure to head to our website, the NFNL website, nfnl.org.au. But Josh Ward, thanks for coming on and, and having a chat. Looking forward to seeing what these results have for us next week. Very excited for this coming weekend too. Should be some really interesting results as well. I've been your host, Nicholas Sacco, and you've been listening to the NFNL Podcast.